Beast High. Hi. Welcome to Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And my name is Tyler. And we're here today to talk about Minute 22 of High School Musical 2. Minute 22 starts out with Fulton fully exiting the kitchen, and it ends with Troy singing, We Can Still Save This Summer. So we're back into another song. Whoa, it's really a high school musical. Wow. It's not like you've made (laughs) that joke before. And that's just where the episode ends. (laughs) So yeah, Fulton walks away and they're all like, kind of like pulling their collars going. Uh, Martha is like, I'm officially scared of him. Which like, yeah, I guess. Theoretically, like you should be aware of the fact that like your boss has power over you and you should try to like follow the rules of your job. Yeah. And like, hopefully that doesn't manifest as fear, but just like respect for the system that you're working in. Yeah. Um, All of this continues to make me question. And the point I wanted to get to from last minute is how much did any of them other than Troy know about this job? Because none of them seemed to know what they were doing when they walked in the door. Or any job, really. They're complaining about just the aspects of having a job. Like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I have to clock in and out on time. Like, that's that's what a job is, guys. Yeah, and like, Chad comparing to Darvis's detention. Like, Darvis is doing prep work for some real-life things. And serving people is also <laughs> prep work for real-life things it's actually more it's actually more real than whatever they're doing in the theater because the theater is a sort of artifice that i mean for for better or worse like only comes up every once in a while people need dinner every day (laughs) yeah yeah it is a little weird and like for taylor to like also be like what did you get us into well well that's in the (laughs) song lyrics but like at some point them blaming troy for all of this that's yeah. That's they the could confusing have said thing. no. They could have Tr- talked to Fulton themselves. Presumably Troy got them they all jobs. Had, presumably they would have had to talk to Fulton at some. Like they have to fill out paperwork. They were all complaining about how they didn't have a job. Troy then, magically gets all of his friends a job, and they're like, "Dude, you, you suck. We job. have to work." Yeah. <laughs> Like, Martha, TBH, would be ha- I would be happier working in a kitchen than babysitting all the time. Like, it's just in a different amount of intensity. And, like, Chef Michael seems pretty chill. The fact that he's taking <laughs> he's, Zeke. He's got a fun mustache. <laughs> and also that he's like, yeah, I want to teach this teen how to bake Austrian pastries. Like, Well, that like- was just Zeke's hope, not necessarily. But um, I wanted to circle back to... Two things about Chad's comparison to Darvis detention. So he says, I can't believe this is making me miss detention with Miss Darvis. Obviously, the main thing is that there's just the thematic thematic similarity of like, okay, like, oh, we're in the doghouse again. Like all of our like the premise of High School Musical one sort of was that they all got detention at the same time. And that's where they're all they all like had this shared moment to to all bond together with. That actually isn't really what happened in the movie. It was no. just they kind of got detention as a plot device. Um, but 
Theoretically, yes. So detention with Ms. Darbus is sort of this like thematic thing that happens in the first movie. And then now they're sort of like out of the frying pan into the fire, as it were. And so the the line the line it's good because it draws the thematic parallels between Miss Darbus and Mr. Fulton literally. And it says, okay, like we we've been through hard times before, but how did we get through them before? We worked together, we were all in this together. And so we're just basically getting a rehash of that theme, but with updated stakes. It it in general, like other than the like the stuff that we were talking about, like, why are you all upset about having jobs? <laughs> In general, like, it works thematically, like, Troy's going to lead them through this experience just like he led them through the last experience. Yeah, but I would question how much some of them are up for that, because (laughs) when he starts chanting what team, the girls are like wildcats right away, and you see uh, Charles kind of, like, roll his eyes wildcats as he's pushing a (laughs) broom in front of him, but Chad is not having it. Kelsey's like, woo, she raises her hand up in the air, which you can't see me doing because it's a non-visual medium. But, like, it's funny now that he has support not from his basketball boys, but from his girlfriend and her friends. (laughs) Well, cheering's not for the players, it's for the fans. (laughs) Sure. Or is it because Chad's not calling what team that the the basketball boys are like, I don't know how to respond to this. It's not Chad. (laughs) The second thing I wanted to say about Chad comparing to Darbus detention is Chad literally slept through. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Darbus's detention. Yeah. So <laughs> does he have any right to complain? Because he can't, or is it because he can't be sleeping right now? See, so like it's worse than detention with Darbus because I can't sleep. So. Troy is trying to cheer everybody up, yeah. as Troy is wont to do. He says, look, there's a basketball hoop out back. You get two free meals a day, which is pretty good. Yeah. And like at the quality that we know they will be, even if they're not like the top echelon that they would serve the guests, they're still going to be- They be getting some of that turkey imported from Maine. Exactly. And then they only have to wear their outfits on duty, which like yes. is unclear because like I assume Martha and Zeke will be on duty a lot more than like Gabriella. It's very confusing because that is how any job works. Like you only wear the outfit when you're doing the job. I, there's something in here about how like are they hanging out at the country club when they're not working? So like if they work an eight hour shift, but they're kind of hanging out by the pool during some of those other hours, theoretically, sure. Like, is it meant to say that, like, and we have access to the facilities when we're not on on duty? Is that what he means? I don't know. I'm thinking more like Chad and Troy wouldn't have to wear, like, their shirts if they're not actively in the dining room. Like, they could take off their button downs. But I don't see that happening for, like, most other people because they're, you know, working in the kitchen, which is, like, a full round thing. It, it doesn't, it's just, it's an observation that he makes that doesn't make sense. Like, obviously, you have to wear your uniform when you're on duty, and then when you're not on duty, you don't have, like... But they don't, they're not accustomed <laughs> to uniforms other than, like, school, like... Basketball, uh, basketball uniforms. uniforms <laughs> which is, like, you only wear those for game time, so... Well, they, they wear their jerseys at practice, too, we've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> or that could have been a dream sequence. We still don't know what get in the game was. <laughs> So this is where the uh, we get this sort of like wide shot, like 
the camera zooms out and we have like this wide shot of the whole kitchen with our characters kind of all standing in a line in the in the middle foreground. Yeah, it very quickly the camera changes and gives clues to oh this scene is turning into something else and the camera has to do something different for this scene. But it's kind of jarring like it's, literally it's, like the qual like the quality like the the focus of the camera becomes different. It's like when you have your it's like when you have your TV turned on to like the um the automatic motion smoothing. Yeah. And you're like, why does it look weird now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely it, in the same so it doesn't do a good build transition like I'm trying to think of another musical that like smoothly transitions into a song that you're like, "Oh yes, this works." Like it goes naturally from I mean, any other song in a high school musical. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, like when when Sharpay was singing "Fabulous," it was like, okay, we're outside. They're sitting in their chairs, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we're we're getting this kind of fourth wall break with Sharpay. But it didn't feel like nothing about the camera quality changed. It just we changed the angle, and it felt natural in that moment. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you about the. I I don't know, but I think the surroundings could have like even if the camera didn't do it there were other clues in the scene that it helped demonstrate that a, a, a song was coming other than the fact that it's been a while since we've had a song it's been a while um well not even because like chad just sort of starts singing like well no because we see charles Klapow, troy starts working up some like phrases that like He's building toward like there's build to it. It's but there's no like there's no like there's like the it's not like stick to the status quo where like you hear start music. getting like this background music and yeah. then you're like oh something something's coming. It's Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> uh, no, but I think that Charles like the fact that we noticed Charles Clapow in the last scene. Or but that's just like minute, a hint for us. That's not. <laughs> but a, a true High School Musical fan will recognize him as a choreographer. <laughs> no, the eight-year-olds don't know that. You ye of little faith. My my friend sent me a TikTok about how Kenny Ortega worked on the choreography of Dirty Dancing. Is Do you know this to be true? I don't. I'm very curious, and I could look it up. I was going to actually talk about Kenny Ortega because in Troy's little garner for to rally the people, he's like, it's... All for one and one for all, which is a Newsies callback, which is Kenny Ortega <laughs> as well. Yeah, so there's a lot going on here. So we're starting the song, Work It Out, and Condra will introduce it in just a second. I just want to get onto this kind of idea because it's Troy kind of encouraging his companions, his comrades, as it were, to like... Just like like suck up the work. The important thing is we're all here together and we can make the best of this situation because we're all friends. It's sort of a, in one way, it's the sort of callback to the, the whistle while you work Disney motif. And in another way, it's a, a, a Newsies callback. Although there's this kind of interesting thing because Troy becomes very scabby in this moment. Yes, he definitely does. It's like he's he's like it's okay. Work will work will set you free. Like it, yeah. he's becoming very very um min, uh, minionized or he's a tool he's a tool of the of the of the corporate 
kind of function like Fulton like he's doing exactly what Fulton would want him to do right now Mm -hmm. so I've never scrolled that far back in uh Kenny Ortega's IMDB like choreography credits he worked on Zandu Xanadu Xanadu I always say that wrong he worked he like did the choreography for Madonna's material girl and like let's get physical for Olivia like Olivia Newton-John um he did St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller, Dirty Dancing. Uh, okay. Both that and the TV show he did one episode of. He did Shares If I Could Turn Back Time, Quest for Camelot, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, so I, and so obviously there's probably a difference between being like a, a lead choreographer and like just a choreographer who's on set helping out like background dancers. I don't know like the extent of what he's doing in these situations. Yeah. He also was a choreographer for the 61st Academy Awards. So yeah, I just don't know the extent of him. Like, was he lead choreographer for like, for like material girl or was he doing the background? Like, I don't know that. I don't have those details, but um, he also did like helped with the choreography for the Michael Jackson documentary the this is it. That came out right after he died. I don't know if okay, you remember that. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, I've heard of it, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just like scrolling through this. I'm like, I feel like if, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to see like these, like his listing there because I was not familiar with some of those. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, he's technically on an upward trajectory going from like just chor- choreographing things to directing things. But they're decoms. But also it's like. But also, like, yeah, but it's like it's decoms. Like, you went from working with some of the great artists of the time to and creating some, helping create some of like the great cultural moments of the decades to High School Musical, which is like important to kids. Yeah, and, well, like, he, people yeah, our age. He like his first directorial was like Newsies and Hocus Pocus, which are yeah. cult classics for sure. But the the connection to Newsies was interesting because that's all about like having a union and. and- like striking yeah workers rights and now troy's just like we can work and everything will be great i just yeah (laughs) yep like i don't know what this song is supposed to be like and you won't until we really get into it next week uh but let me intro the song and then um we'll save we'll just talk like a little bit about this intro there's, to the song. Yeah, there's a couple lines that are like that we can comment on, but we don't have to like get into it. Yeah. So this song was written and produced by Randy Peterson and Kevin Quinn, and then uh, was performed by the cast. Basically, um, they're each individually credited, except for Troy or for Zac Efron, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is fun is that. Um, we definitely get solo singing lines from Taylor and Jason, whom I don't know if we've heard singing individually before. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah, I don't think Taylor or Jason solely individually. Taylor was, um, we make each other strong at the end. Yeah, but that's with Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, and Martha gets some more lines, which is nice too. Yes. So, yeah, let's dig into a couple of these lines. So, Taylor calls out Troy for the boss being such a creep. Again, Taylor, that's also you. Like, if you feel that way, that's not Troy's fault. Like, it is unfortunate that Fulton is being... Overbearing, perhaps. Yeah, and also, like, he may have switched very quickly, which is very unfortunate, like, to have a 
a boss that switches tonally yeah. unexpectedly. From Taylor's perspective, like Fulton did say like, I need to be in your sight or you need to be in my sight at all times. And there's a world in which that's like creepy. He's like, I'm going to take you under my wing and you're going to be my little minion and, or something like that. But that's not what he said. No. He, like he was very professional about it. Yeah. And he was also like, this is your job is to like coordinate this. And that's mine. Yeah. Like that's a, an assistant or a secretary. Like that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, and I understand like, just like the ease of writing that into like a, like a song lyric, yeah. but like, it's really not accurate to the thing. And it just feels like that sort of old fashioned, like Disney villainizing of like any sort of like character that's relatively queer coded or Jewish coded. Like, yeah. it feels like it's in that tradition of like, Oh, Fulton, he's kind of like a, a high voiced weirdo. So he's a creepy guy. Like, no, he's, He's a nice guy. He does his job pretty well from all that we've seen. And Martha is complaining about their uniforms. And Jason complains about the dirty dishes that he has to clean. I mean, that one's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, valid. (laughs) Yes. Um, But again, like probably luck of the draw to some extent. But also as a first job, that's pretty state. Like we never heard anything about Jason wanting to get a summer job. (laughs) <laughs> he presumably has no experience. He presumably does is not qualified to do anything more than that based on he his has intelligence as one proven. brain cell, apparently. <laughs> not to say I don't love Jason. Like, I don't want to come off as a Jason hater. But also, this is exactly what a first job is. Like, the fact that yeah. Zeke and Martha are doing more advanced cook work is surprising because they're 16. <laughs> or 17 uh, com- like they're yeah. little Zeke comes in with more of like a positive bend on things yeah. he says something about it being sweet which is like a cooking reference I guess yeah no Zeke <laughs> is ecstatic like he is so on Troy's <laughs> side he's like yes and Gabriella participates by saying like now wait a minute or or something I don't remember yeah she's more she's on Troy's side because she likes Troy I don't know if she necessarily agrees with his like scabby nature She's trying to like conflict resolve. Like you guys are all yelling at him. It's not fair. Like yeah, he's too pretty to get yelled at. <laughs> there's a line. There's a line in the vocal track where they sing "Had" really loud. What's that? Someone dominates the vocal track, and I think it's Zeke. And it's like a really weird line. Like I don't know why the balance of the song is so bad on it. Oh, which I had three wishes. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's had three wishes. I was trying to, I was pulling the lyrics up again, and it kept pulling up the Beatles one. So, you know, this is fun. (laughs) But, like, it just becomes a very weird mix on, like, a song that's, like, an ensemble number, true and true. Again, a second ensemble number in this piece. Like, why are we going so high on, like, this one character? Especially, like, when we have Troy and Gabriella, who are, like, our featured singers, why are we going to, like, a tertiary person? Well, I think it's in the vein of stick to the status quo. Like, this isn't about Troy and Gabriella necessarily. Okay, yeah, fair, yeah. But it's still like, it's isolating one person. Maybe it was the only person who could hit the note. Yeah. <laughs> so Also, we need a little more Zeke love. Like, we had him in Stick the Status Quo. Let's have him yeah. here. If only Skater Dude was here. Um, Jason is the new Skater Dude. If you want to look at this as a, a mirror to, to Stick to the Status Quo. Okay. I like the skater boy. I wish he had not said see you later, boy. Anyway, anything else for this minute, Condra? Um, yeah. 
I think you have a whole decom segment for me, Tyler. Whoa. We got a decom of the week segment. Condor, we're doing it old fashioned this time. Oh boy. So that means you're about to present me with a title, a year, maybe some actors if I'm lucky. And I have to come up with a plot for a Disney Channel original movie. I am presenting you with the decom. Technically, it's a Disney Channel premiere film from 1988 <sighs> called Ollie Hop Noodles Haven of Bliss. What? Hit me with that title one more time. Ollie Hop Noodles Haven of Bliss. So is it like Ollie, like O L L L I E? Yeah. And then yeah. Hop Noodle? Hop Noodle, one word. Like, that's a name. Okay. And it's not um, like H A P F, Hop. No, it's, it's like H O P. Yeah. And it's written written by Gene Shepard, and that that will become important later. But you probably don't know who that is off the top of your head. I don't either. But having looked it up, it is important. There's no particularly famous actors or anything going on. I could give you like a hint, but I feel like this is a pretty strong title. If you want to run with that, I I think the surprise of what it actually is is kind of wild. So, Ollie Hop Noodles. Bliss. Haven of Bliss. Haven of Bliss. And it's a premiere film. Yes. So it's serious. From 1988. <laughs> it doesn't have to be serious. But they are. The premiere films are always super serious. So I'm going to say this is a version of like a Jane Addams story. Jane Addams being an individual who created one of the first major... She created a home of refuge, was what it was called when it was created. So people that were in difficult situations, especially those facing domestic violence or home insecurity, food insecurity, and giving them a place to live and recuperate and try and get back on their feet. So... So A shelter of some sort. A shelter of sorts, yeah. So... I think this is going to be a version of that, but it's like a child, like a 12 or 13 year old running that for like animals in their city. (laughs) So they find this slightly abandoned, like this abandoned home in their. So it's Hotel for Dogs. Crap, it is Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> but not funny. There's no funny to it the way Hotel for Dogs is funny. And it's not just dogs. Sorry. Sorry, it clicked in my brain and I just said it. I didn't I didn't mean to step on you, but I was like, that's what it is. Crap. I don't I don't no, think I don't, that's a bad idea. It doesn't still. have to, I, I it doesn't have to be, still run with that. Um, it doesn't have to be the animals thing. I think the idea of, of a, um a, like a person like a, like a kid like a kid who's helping run like a shelter yeah is fine yeah so to, like i don't know yeah Keep going <laughs> so like this person this child comes across this slightly abandoned like abandoned but not completely falling down building in their neighborhood and they're like oh i think i could help some people that i see in the world around me that are having hard times using this home so they garner support in their like neighborhood and they're fighting against the the corrupt politician that is like these people deserve to not get help or whatever and um (laughs) they like fundraise and they open this house to like great success and there's they're helping lots of people and it becomes this like great place and 
um, people are feeling supported and able to find joy in what had been a previously joyless or challenging situation. And but the the corrupt politician sends someone in to like try and muddy up the waters and like <laughs> flip the soup pot over and like <laughs> throw all the sheets outside and really just generally mess with and the the it's a child still so they're like oh well i know you're going through a hard time and i don't want like to kick you out kind of thing so they kind of oh so they sort the the troublemaker that gets sent in gets turned to the yeah, good side yeah yeah that's um, good and they reveal through so it's blazing saddles <sighs> tyler <laughs> no stop that, it's, no, it's similar different. it's similar yeah it's similar yeah and they like all rally together i'm talking about newsies too jesus <laughs> <laughs> no no th- no this is good i like this so there's the so, the the com- it's, it's a it's, it's a save sincere. the rec center story but yeah but it's a sense actually about something and not like rocket ball or whatever yeah. like so it, it and they're like just working to improve the neighbor like to help these Na- their neighbors in ways that seemed impossible before and they they garner support from the neighborhood and the local bakery that was like oh these the these people don't deserve this oppor- like these opportunities <laughs> like runs a big drive to to help after the troublemaker like had really messed something up and then when the troublemaker sees that all of like these community partners that hadn't been partners before are really believing in this project, they're like, oh, shoot, this is something real and good. And they really feel supported. So they turn on the uh, corrupt politician and uh, Ollie Hopnoodle, maybe through like during this like big speech thing, like they're getting some rec- like the newspaper comes in to run an article and ollie reveals in this like speech thing that their family had also gone through a particularly challenging time and they were lucky to have support of their neighbors and wanted that to be the case for everyone and it's just like a very sincere real movie and there's not like a lot of hijinks other than like the troublemaker who's like kind of it seems kind of funny but it's also like real in it yeah um, two two things. Yeah. Um, one does does like uh, a beloved character die like two thirds of the way through the movie to give it kind of the final dramatic push. Oh, maybe, or get injured or something. Yeah, maybe like one of the biggest. Maybe that's how the the curmudgeon baker gets stepped in is because like the grandparent of Ollie that was like doing a lot of the work gets really ill and the baker yeah. was like kind of friends with them and they're like oh well if they really believed in it in honor of them i'll help okay. you that's good and second thing because it's a disney movie from 1988 a tv movie is there any non-white characters um maybe i'm, I'm saying one that of this the... if this movie existed as you're pitching it i'm saying it it, it wouldn't and it would it would be a major detracting yeah factor yeah if there are any it's one individual that like lives in the home okay but no overall no yeah yeah that's sort of like magical character who who stands in for an underrepresented group yeah yeah do you want to know what it really is sure <laughs> okay ollie hop noodles haven of bliss 
Is it a um, was written by? No. Okay. Um, no, that's the book Bliss. Oh, okay. Right. That's such a uh, good book, though. <laughs> written by Gene Shepard. Now, Gene Shepard was a humorist, a writer of these sort of fond Americana short stories about childhood, most famously in the classic movie A Christmas Story. Okay. Maybe I have heard of them from A Christmas Story. I've watched things about A Christmas Story. So this is a spinoff of the sort of family from A Christmas Story. This is like a sequel to A Christmas Story. Oh. So Gene Shepard is the narrator. He's like the he's like the narrator of The Christmas Story, and he also narrates this movie. So that sort of like that sort of like old middle-aged man voice that narrates and sort of like pr- puts the perspective on the story is the same thing in this one. Do you, I don't know if you remember Christmas Story super well. There's Not like a guy really. that narrates it. Seen there's, it like, once. there's like an older guy that narrates it, and he but he's the he's the kid in the movie that you're watching, grown up, reflecting on his childhood. Okay. So what Gene Shepard does is he sort of writes these like humorous stories about like American childhood that are not autobiographical, but like written from the first person perspective. And so this is about Ralph, who's the main character of a Christmas story. When he's like 14, he gets his first summer job. And so that like it's this whole like hectic family dynamic that's going on. So he's working his summer job. He's like he's like working at like a furniture company. He has to like move a fridge up upstairs like every single day and his like body is like breaking down because it's like the 50s and work conditions are terrible um their dog has been lost and so the the mom is trying to find the dog and the the old man which is the name of the dad because the the dad's just referred to as the old man like wants to go on vacation but they can't go on vacation until they find the dog they do find the dog it ends up that the dog had been like adopted by a family that was taking care of it better mm-hmm. <laughs> So there's like an ironic twist. They like find the dog, but it's sad. It's it's sad. That's why it ran away in the first place. The thrust of the movie, though, is about this sort of like road trip vacation hijinks that they go on. So if you can imagine the family from A Christmas Story all packing stuff into the car, kind of National Lampoon style, I suppose, all packing their stuff into the car and like doing all the things that annoying families do while they're on road trips. Mm -hmm. Like literally like the Wikipedia plot description has like a thousand things that happen. I'm like, how did this many things happen in this movie? I don't know. But they get to like the sort of lake, the camp, the camp that they are going to. It's called Haven. But of course, ironically, it immediately starts raining once they get there and it rains the whole time. And there's no fish in the lake. So everyone's like the the dad is grumpy. Everyone's miserable, but they love each other. And... It was, even even though it was kind of frustrating when I was a kid, those are the days I look back at so fondly mm. now as, an, as I'm an adult. Just like a Christmas story, that's like the takeaway. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you see that coming? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> so it kind of sounded like a merge between like Annie's, National Lampoon's Vacation, and like Adam's Family. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas story, but... But okay. National Lampoon's Vacation, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. D- d- so that was decom. Yeah. I don't know which one I'd rather see. I like the sincerity of mine. <laughs> yeah, yours was interesting, other than the fact that it needs more POC characters. Yeah. Obvi. Obvi. <laughs> Your movie's canceled, Condra. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Tyler, my movie's from 1988. I, I'm I canceling made... your hypothetical movie. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Don't um, disagree I, with you. I just like <laughs> mine makes more sense as a premiere film than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes sense that like 
after a Christmas story, they like try to redo the formula, but yeah, with and, different stuff. And also a different I, studio. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious so he the 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 writer still narrates this one, but I don't think any of the actors have carried over, obviously. Yeah. So it's just kind of like that one guy who like heralds this sort of franchise. But anyway, anything else to say before we transition out? That's all I've got for this minute. Okay, where can people find us on the internet? People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us what your favorite childhood anecdote is. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. Till next time. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And I don't know, I thought I'd try out like a sort of like more transitional thing. Okay, I was but I guess very it didn't confused. Work. So, so we'll just get rid of it next time when we talk about High School Musical again. You can bet on it. 